Zach was about your age. The big mission trip we did, we went downtown Detroit and did ministry down there. You can say, I'm going to Africa anyway. So, But uh, this morning, what I want to do is, first of all, I want to greet everybody. Good morning. And I just want to let you know, only good looking people come to our Savior's church. And so you look to the neighbor and go, man, that's, you're looking good. And the one you didn't want to look at, you say, you do too. And um, this morning, what I want to do is I want to, I came the first Wednesday of this month and I, I shared on, you know, what is my ministry? And this is kind of goes along with it, but a little different. But this morning, what I want to do, I want to talk to you about three things and three questions that are, I think that three, three answers that will help you find out why am I here? You ever wonder that? Why am I here? Look at your neighbor and go, why are you here? And so what I want to do is I want to try to answer that. And what I'd like you to do, if you have your Bible or your, your phone or your iPad or whatever, if you could go to uh, Luke chapter 9, put a finger in there and put, put a finger in Mark 3. We're going to go to Luke 9, Mark 3, and then we're going to go back to Luke 9. And uh, I'm going to have some other scriptures in between. But today we're just going to talk, I'm just going to dive into it. Why am I here? Have you ever wondered that question, why am I here? And go, why am I here? What, what is my purpose? What is, God, why do you have me here? And I want to give you uh, three words today that I think to help answer that question, why am I here? The first word, that why are you here, is this, is that I believe this is knowing. The first word I want to talk to you about is knowing. See, in Luke chapter 9, one through, uh, one through two, it says, One day Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases and then to send them out to tell them that everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. All throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus gives his disciples three simple things to do. The things he asks them to do is preach the gospel. That means to share good news. There are people that when you're going through difficult times that you have good news to share with people. Not only did he tell them to share, the good, preach the gospel, he said cast out demons and heal the sick. So there was three things. Preach, cast out devils, come on, and heal the sick. How many of you think that goes pretty good? And so for all of us, how many of you have ever had this the mully grubs or you've been going, you know, where you just had a bad day? Just me? Okay, where you just had a bad day, and someone came along, and they just began to share with you, or just live in life, and they're positive, and all of a sudden, it just encourages you. Especially with the gospel. The gospel is this, when there seems to be no hope, when you look for everything, and your back's against the wall, and you're in a rescue 911 situation, you say, oh God, I need, and the biggest thing, the biggest prayer you can pray is just help. You ever been in those situations? You know, you don't know what to pray, go, help! God! And I believe this is that God brings people. And I believe this. God never sends a messenger with an empty envelope. He always has something for us. And you maybe heard me share it before, but there's five Gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And most people don't read those. And the fifth Gospel is you, but most people read you. And so the most important thing for all of us is to realize and to cast out devils. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you go watch, you know, the movie The Exorcist and, you know, come out. It means this, is that you have authority in the name of Jesus. No matter what you come across, no matter what you feel, what, you, what, you, what you're dealing with, you have authority over everything. That you are a son and a daughter of the king. Amen? Amen. And sometimes you just need to remind yourself of who you are in Christ. 
Because the Bible says he's given us all authority. What is, you know, when I looked up that word all in the Greek, you know what it means? It means all. It means everything. And not only that, to heal the sick. Now, we literally can pray for people, and it's not our hands, but it's our faith. The Bible says according to your faith. I'm standing up here today. I'm cancer-free, but I, I battled cancer for five years. And they say right now, like, I, have, uh, I started with colon cancer, and I had, then I had something co- totally different. It was called multiple myeloma, which gets in your bones. And they said there's, that you're never healed of that. And I'm actually doing uh, pill-form chemotherapy right now. But I believe this. In my bones and in my body, there's no cancer right now. I believe I'm healed. Amen? And so the bottom line for all that, and I don't... And I'm going to just say this, is that God gets the glory in all of that. And so here's, God wants us to set people free. It means that we, God's given us words. That, that we can have, we can literally have words. And when, 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 when God spoke to Joshua and to go take the promised land, remember they were leaving Egypt. There was not, in Egypt there wasn't enough. In the wilderness there was barely enough. He said, I'm going to take you to a promised land where there's more than enough. And what happens is, is for all of us is that we've got to, sometimes we're, maybe some of you are in that land of Egypt going, man, I'm not making it. Maybe you're in the wilderness, I'm barely making it. God's saying, look, I want to get you to the promised land where there's more than enough that you're going to make it. And I'm, you're going to experience my love and power. And he said, listen, you're going to go possess the land. When he talked to Joshua, he says, your enemies are going to tremble in fear. When they went to Rahab and they saw her, and I'm getting off a little, but I'm going somewhere, I promise. And they looked at her and she said, I don't know what, you, we heard that y'all crossed the Jordan on dry land and our hearts melted in us. Listen, when we take the authority that Christ has given us, all enemies of the Lord melt because they know that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Greater is Jesus. Greater than Jesus that's inside of every one of us. God wants to set people free in their spirit, in their soul, in their body. God wants us to help people. See, this is what God has called them to do. But hear me. Did you know that God called them to be something before he told them to do something? And see, Mark says it like this. And he appointed the twelve, whom he also called the apostles, so that they might be with him. And he might send them out. To preach and to have authority to cast out demons. See, the power to do comes from the power to be. What do you mean? I'm not trying to play words with anybody. But see, the number one priority to be is to be with, to be with him. To be with me. God said, be with me. You know, when you look at people, when you know the Prince of Peace, you can walk in the peace of God. And what happens is we've had a lot of tyrants and we've had a lot of rulers throughout centuries that, that they were mighty and they did, great, they did great harm, even for the gospel. But what happens when you're connected to the Prince of Peace? See, power without peace is like poison. Power without peace is like poison. And so for every one of us, God wants us. The power comes from being connected to Jesus. And so it's, no, it's to know Jesus. See, I know this. We have extension cords up here. And what happens with an extension cord is if it's not plugged in, I don't care what you do. I can walk around across the room and try to plug it into something else, but it's not connected to the source. There's no power in it. 
And I believe this. You are an extension cord of God's power, of God's love, of God's grace, His truth, His peace, and His compassion. Are y'all with me? You have to stay plugged in to have power. See, I've learned this. If I'm not plugged in, if I'm not in the Word of God, this is a Bible. I don't know if some of you know what it is now with electronics nowadays. But I I like to read my Bible electronically, but there's something different about having pages. There's something about having paper. There's something different about just reading and marking my Bible and writing notes and to rem- as reminders of when God's spoken to me. There's just something different about having a Bible. And see, I believe this. It's, it's, it's the Word of God. And the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God. It's powerful. It's able to show motives. Why do we do what we do and who do we do it for? Either for ourselves or to be a people person, a pleaser or to please God. And see, the Bible says this. is David says this, I hid God's word in my heart so that I wouldn't sin against him. Listen, if you want to know somebody, how many know you got to spend time with them? You know what my wife wants to do? She wants to talk. Come on, women, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, I'm, I'm going to try to preach good for you, but hold on. She wants to talk. That means yesterday morning we had coffee. We, 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 we were supposed to have a baseball tournament. It got, turned, it got canceled, and so it was perfect time. We just sat and had coffee. And you know what? And let me just say this. You know, I counsel, I do premarital counseling, and and there's guys that are about to get married, and they can't wait for that honeymoon night. You know, men, come on. And they're going, I go, hey, how strong is your desire to be intimate with your wife? Oh, pastor. You're strong? Really? I said, listen, as strong as you have a desire to be intimate with your wife is the same desire that your wife has to be listened to. Dang, that's strong, Pastor. <laughs> it is. But see, the reality is this. You know what? In order for there to be intimacy, in order for there to be connection, you got to spend time. you got to learn to listen. You know, for every one of us, if you can't listen, there's one thing to read God's word. It's another saying, God, speak to me. Hello. God, use whatever circumstances during the day. Lord, how many how many you say, Pastor Bubba, I'm just slow sometimes. I don't get it. And see, what happens is sometimes we just need God to just show up in situations and circumstances and show us things. And, and so what we, you are an extension cord. You're, extension, you're an extension of God's love, His power, His grace. That's why you need to be connected to the Word of God. That's why you need to be in prayer. And prayer is not something you just say words. It's, 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 it's having conversation with God. When you have fears, when you have apprehensions, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know what to do, when you have a child that's wayward and you're going, oh God, I give him to you because I can do all I want to do. I brought him to the world. I, I want to take him out. But God, I give him to you. He's yours before you gave him to me. Does that make sense? I'm in the right church this morning. I'm coming. I'm I'm trying. 
I was waiting for somebody to pull out a hanky. He said, come on, Pastor, give it up. Here's the thing. For every one of us, you have to stay plugged in to have power with God. If you want to know God, you got to stay plugged in, even on vacation. You know what? In vaca- on vacation, I stay plugged in to God because you just never know what's going to happen. Hello. And sometimes you go, well, you know, I need to take a break. You don't need to take a break from God. Hello. I read the Bible every day, every day. I make it a discipline in my life. See, whatever's important, you're going to make time for, right? And so the second thing I want to talk to you about is not just knowing God. It's growing. You've got to be willing to grow. See, I'm going to give you three words that help you understand your Christian walk this morning. First of all, you need to be knowing God. The second thing, you need to be growing in God. See, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What do branches and vines do? They grow, right? You water them, you maintain them, you take care of them. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Just like the extension cord. Without him, I know what my life was without power in it. I know where I was. I was lost. I was full of pride. I was full of lust, anxiety. I I thought I I was making a lot of money. I thought money was going to bring happiness in my life, and it didn't. I thought relationships would do that. I thought, you know, all these different things. And then I began to put on masks. Hello. And I tried to be somebody that I really wasn't. And all of a sudden, when the power of God, when I invited God to come into my heart and my life and to take over, all of a sudden the mask dropped, the pride dropped, all the things. And I began to go, these things don't bring fulfillment. But when I get plugged into him, he brings fulfillment for everything I've looked for. I searched everything only to find out that none of those things led to life or power or fulfillment. But when I met Jesus in a real personal way, his love, I believe this, God's love is the greatest force in the universe. And when his love invaded my life, it was like liquid love. He just loved on me. And it broke the pride. It broke those things that I was dependent upon. See, without Jesus, you can do nothing. Just like the extension cord. The same, the same as the extension cord. Without, without me, that's what he's saying. Without me, you do nothing. And see, in Peter, he says, but, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be growing. In other words, there should be a hunger and a thirst. David said it like this in the Psalms. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, in other words, it's like you get it like, mmm, mmm, got to give me some more of that jambalaya. Mmm. Come on, how many of you ever had a good etouffee? Two people. Man, where are y'all? Y'all must be living outside the borders of Crowley. How many of you had like a dessert? You just like, dang, it, I know it's a gut bomb. It tastes good going in. It leaves lots of shrapnel behind, but I don't care. It's like you just go, I taste that. Man, it was so good. 
It was so incredible. And see, what happens when you come to know the Lord, and the Bible says when you taste and see that He's good, all of a sudden there's a hunger that begins to develop because all of a sudden you're getting to know Him. You're starting to grow in Him. And all of a sudden there's a hunger, there's a thirst, and all of a sudden you go, man, I want to be around people that are like me, that are hungering and thirsting. And that's when you find a relationship and you go, I want to find a life-giving church where people are excited about God. They don't care what other people they... I don't care if they call me a Jesus freak. Whose freak are you? You see, what happens is it's not just going to church, it's getting plugged in. It's like, man, I want to be a part of a life group. Man, there's life going on at this group. Man, they're having fun. They're, they're, I mean, Christians can laugh. Christians can have fun. Wow, that's a revelation. And I go to the next step, find my purpose. Find a, a pathway where I can... I can know God and I can grow in God. And not only that, I can make Him known and I can share with my friends. And all of a sudden there's a confidence that begins to happen and take place inside of it. It's not you, it's it's Him in you trying to break out. You see, it's serving on a, a, a team, a dream team. We should be growing in our relationship with God. Amen? All of us should be growing. There are things we cannot do. I mean, you know, I can't shoot... A three-pointer like Stephen Curry can for Golden State. But I love watching him because he's a Christian. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, that Nike wanted to sign a contract, and he wouldn't sign the contract because they wouldn't put a scripture, a reference, a scripture reference on his shoe. Under Armour said, we'll do it. And you know how much they're figuring that they're going to lose with that now, that he might win the second championship? $64 billion in 10 years. Come on. I'm thinking, man, I can't shoot like Stephen Curry, but I tell you what, in Jesus, like I, there's things I can't do in myself, but it's like this. It's like unzipping Stephen Curry and stepping into him and all of a sudden being able to shoot a three-pointer like him because I stepped into Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And see, when you step into him, when you get to know him and you begin to grow in him, all of a sudden, you know, you hear, ever hear those things called growing pains? Like my son Luke, he's 13, he's having growing pains. He's growing. And what happens is, you know, let me just ask you, here's a question. Are you growing? Are you growing? Peter says, like like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that that by it they may grow up into salvation. Just like a baby desires milk, we should desire to grow in this word right here. Hey, a verse a day won't keep the devil away. But I tell you what, if you get this in you and you start tasting it and seeing it's good, all of a sudden you become a threat to the enemy in his kingdom. And that's the biggest concern the enemy has. He wants to keep you from this word. He wants to keep you from God's presence. He wants to bring discouragement. He wants to bring he wants he wants you to be like ADD in the spirit, not knowing where to go. Kind of like that little buzzard. You remember the cart I mean old Looney Tunes you go, I'm gonna catch me a baby bumblebee. <laughs> Whoa, my mom will be so proud. You know what I mean? And he's getting all kind of just All over. I used to watch cartoons anyway. You can tell. 
disciples, see, the disciples need to grow. Let me show you. In Luke, it says it like this. In Luke 9, I tell you, we go back to Luke and back and forth. John says to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons. But we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. He doesn't go to our church, so we chewed him out good, Lord. That's basically what he's saying. Jesus told him, you idiots. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said this, if he's not against us, he's for us. See, can you imagine the impact the church would have if we quit dividing and came together to win the world for Jesus Christ? Are you hearing me? Whatever you're critical of, you'll never reach. If you're critical of a denomination, you'll never reach people in that, in that, that go to that denomination. I've learned this. If I just love people, if I just love people and show them the love of God, they're drawn to Jesus. Are you hearing me? I'm in the right church this morning. Y'all learning anything yet? Okay, here we go. Matthew says it like this. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And basically, it was like, hey, little girl, get away from Jesus. Can't you see he's busy? Eventually, the disciples did grow. How many of you had to grow in your walk with God? Let me ask, how many of you said some stupid things before? How many of you were just full of zeal but not much love? And when I first got saved, I was telling everybody they were going to hell. It was fun. I just got delivered from us. I was like, you're going there. See, these men who have turned the world, see, eventually they did grow. The Bible says this in Acts. It says, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Did you know that all disciples died a martyr except John? Let me just read to you some of the things, how they died. Matthew was killed by a sword in Ethiopia while preaching. Peter was crucified upside down because he felt unworthy to die the same way Jesus died. James the Great was beheaded in Jerusalem. Bartholomew was flogged to death. James was thrown over 100 feet down from the temple when he, was, when he refused to deny his faith. When they discovered that he had survived, they beat him with a club. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India on a missions trip. Andrew was, shipped, was, was whipped severely by seven soldiers in Greece, then crucified. And Andrew's followers reported that as he was being led to the cross, he said, I have long, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. He continued to preach while he hung by his tormentors for two days until he died. They grew because they were with Jesus. The third and final thing is this. It's knowing, it's growing, and it's glowing. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. I made it easy for you this morning. You know why? Because all of us need to know God. Why are you here this morning? You want to know more about God, right? Is that why you're here? Are you maybe you're here for the first time and go, I don't know nothing about God. That's okay. We all start somewhere. It's not how you start the race. It's how you finish the race. It's important. 
See, we're, we're to be the light in the dark world. I love what it says in John. It says, then God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. This is what it says. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Listen, we're not the light, but we know the light. And the light of the world is Jesus. The more you know him, the more you shine. You see, we are the moon and he's the sun. All we do is reflect what we've hung around. You ever, you ever hear your parents say, you're just going to become like everybody you're hanging out with. You ever hear that? It's like one of my children was saying something. Yes, I think it was Luke. And he said he wanted to get something. Then his friend found out that what he wanted to get, and he was going to go get it, but Luke had the, the idea. You know what I'm saying? It's like you want to be the trendsetter, but someone's going to take your, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, when you're a kid, you know, I'm going to beat him up. But what happens is, is that I know this, but we all, I, but we all have to be around light. We, we have to know the light. We have to reflect the light. So I have a watch. It's a nice watch. And it's a Swiss Army watch kind of thing. And the one thing about this watch is that if I put it in the light, it produces light. It just produces light. I mean, I can go and you can put me in a closet and I can, I can read things with it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just illuminated because it was in the light. My watch has no ability to produce light on its own. It only has the ability to reflect the light. Are you hearing me? And every one of us, as long as we're around the light, we're able to reflect it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you had difficult times in your life? Just difficult times. And you had to go to the Lord. You said, God, I need you. One of the most difficult times in my life, I was 31 years old, got a call that my father had taken his life. It was hard. It was unexpected. Didn't think it ever happened. My relatives wanted me to do the funeral. <laughs> I'm like, can I be honest with you? I just want to grieve like everybody else. Can I be honest? But dad was proud of me. When he introduced me, this is my son. He's an ordained pastor, minister, you know. And I remember just going in a moment where... Honestly, when it was a situation like that, I had some of my relatives were getting drugs so they could deal with it. They were dealing with it through drugs instead of. And I remember I just had a moment where I was going to take a shower. And I just fell on my knees and I lifted my hands and I cried like a baby. Cried out to God. And God came. I remember people go, I stood up there and shared just a few things. 
And at the end of the funeral, they said, would you do the graveside? And I'm like, I didn't want to do the graveside. And after I did the graveside, a girl came to me. He says, you don't know this. My dad was a principal. He was a great guy. He had a tough moment in his life where the doctor prescribed some medication. They don't even mix the medication anymore nowadays. She came to me and she says, you don't know this, but a year ago, I was going to take my life. And your daddy, share with me the hope that Jesus can bring. And today, you glowed with that light. Listen. When you know God and you're growing in God, you're going to glow. For some- Listen, if you don't glow for God, you're going to glow for something. Are you hearing me? Hey, listen, when I used to do drugs, it was easy to find other people with drugs. Why? Because we were in the same spirit. They had that look. <laughs> it's easy. You go to summer camps. All the kids that do the same kind of or act the same, by the end of the day, all those kids have already divided up into groups. You go, how's that? Because the spirit of man knows the spirit of man. The spirit of God knows the spirit of God. Hello. I'm in the right place. You see, it's not. It's not just. See, my watch can produce light. But not on its own. You're saved by grace. But some of you, let me just say this. Look at me. You're not glowing anymore. You're just not glowing. Why? Have you stopped wanting to know him? Pastor Bob, I don't like where you're going with this. Are you growing? I just have to ask. You see, what word, what word, one word, what one word do we use to describe the face of a pregnant woman? Come on, anybody know? Man, she's glowing. Woo! Actually, you know, pregnant women glow in the dark too. No, they, no, they. And if if you're gonna if you're gonna give a word or ask someone if she's pregnant, pregnant, I mean, or say you know she's pregnant, make sure she is pregnant. I made a mistake one time. Why do pregnant women glow? I, you know what I love about coming to Crowley? Y'all always ask me great questions. You know why she's glowing? Because she's been intimate with her husband. And there's life growing, growing on the inside of her. And people recognize it. The Bible says that Adam knew Eve and she conceived. You know, it's like when you're carrying something, there's life. Because why? There was an intimacy. It was brought, and that intimacy brings life. And the same way with our intimacy with God. And Acts says it like the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men and no special training in the scriptures. And they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Remember Mark 3 said that we are appointed, he appointed the twelve. So that they might be with him. They had been with God. Life was growing inside of them. And people recognized it. You know why you're here? 
Let me answer the question. You know why you're here? You're here to know God. You're here to grow in God. And you're here to glow for God. Amen? Say with me. Say, I'm here to what? Know God. Say with me. Say, know God. Grow in God. And glow for God. People go, why, are you, why am I here? Well, you're here to know God. You're here to grow in God. And you're here to glow. I want everyone in this room to ask this question. I want you to ask this one question. I'm going to bring it to a close. Here's a question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? What I, also I want you to do is I want you to respond to what he's telling you. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm not here to make you do something you don't want to do. But see, the Holy Spirit loves you enough that it'll come, you know, begin to speak to your heart. Here's a question. Do you know God? If you don't, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You can pray and ask Jesus into your heart. Because Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead on the inside alive. That's what he came for. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't look at you and go, oh, you, what have you been doing? The reality is this, is that the Bible says we have to be willing to humble. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Pride means this, no, God, no. Humility means, God, whatever, whatever you want, do, have your way. Does that make sense? Or maybe you're at a place where you just, you kind of put it down. You put your Bible down and you, you're not praying like you used to and you know better. Or you've, you've, you've kind of pushed people aside instead of being allowed people to get in, in your life and being able to grow together with them. You've kind of put them to the side. I encourage you. Grow in God. Grow in relationship with Him. Grow in relationship with others. Get plugged in. Get plugged into a life group. Get plugged into Next Step. I think you have Next Step this afternoon after service. Get plugged in. It's so important. And the last thing is you know, I don't know if you're a Bernie Sanders fan, but they go this, burn. He's, he, you know, if you're a Bernie fan, you're burning. I believe this, if you're a Jesus fan, you're glowing. Amen? What's kept you from glowing? 